the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Baby Yoda is in big demand. Whether it be a Build-A-Bear plush toy, a Funko Pop figure, a Pillow Pet, a Baby Yoda Lego set, Baby Yoda puzzles, even Baby Yoda backpacks, you can have it all. And for just $60, Yoda fanatics can score an animatronic baby by Hasbro that giggles and blinks and disarms you with his cooing. You may need it because the stock market is in the toilet. It's in the crapper. It's time to flush. Dallas drops 900 points. Coronavirus cases spread outside of China. Surge. Global markets slide. Bond yields plunge. Gold prices rise. Bonds are IOUs. And the government IOU, the best one out there as far as uh, they've always paid their bills. The 10-year treasury is, is flashing Fear, 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 fear. 30-year rates hit lows. 10-year rates close to an all-time low. Not seen since Brexit news popped for the first time. And yet Warren Buffett, calm as ever, says it's good when stocks fall. He likes Apple a lot. And um, I don't know. So... There's a lot of negative news out there. There was a big weekend where Bernie Sanders gained a little more traction in his presidency presidential bid. Once we get past Super Tuesday, I think we'll start talking a little bit more realistically about what different administrations might look like. Fidelity and Schwab say some clients experienced technical issues when the Dow dropped 800 points this morning. That's got to be a little unsettling. I'm not doing much. I'll be honest with you. Um, I like corrections. So I did a little bit at the end of last year to cut a little bit of growth and put a little bit more in value. And in a 401k sense, I feel comfortable with that. But again, consult a broker advisor, especially if you're feeling freaked out these days. You can find out more information at newfocusfinancial.com. And let's bring in CFP Chad Burton talk a little bit about the world of new focus and financial planning. Now. Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk life insurance or let's talk insurance because there's so many types. Um, life, whole life, variable life, permanent pension planning. There's a lot going on. What do we need to know? Yeah, there's there's so many types of insurance. If we focus on, on life insurance, um, it's one of the first things that families go for once you have a child. You're, you you think of the dramatic 
side of it. Now, like I've said before, I get disability insurance. It's even, it's very important. Um, but term life insurance is the way to go. I mean, there, there are programs, there are seminars out there right now, Rob, that are showing people, Hey, you know, you should actually take the money out of your 401k and put it into this equity index life insurance because you can't lose money and just a bunch of garbage. Basically they're looking for huge commissions, huge commissions on it. That type of life insurance as an investment is only right for 1% of the population. The people that make a ton of money and they've already invested, you know, maxed out their 401k and they've got, you know, a million or two in their taxable accounts and then they can do it as a bond alternative. But for most families, they need term life insurance. I like 20 or 30 year level term. I prefer that you get it on your own rather than your employer, unless you're not healthy. If you're not healthy, you can get it through your employer and they won't, you know, you, you don't typically have to do any kind of a, a questionnaire on health. Um, so that way, if you change jobs, you can just take your policy with you if you buy it on your own. And you can run all sorts of present values of income and all this other stuff, but it always ends up working out about 10 times your annual income plus $100,000 per kid. That's what you need. Term life insurance. Buy term, invest the difference. That rule still stays true to this day. You know, buy your term insurance, save your money, put it into the 401k and a Roth IRA, and you'll be better off. The example I like to use to compliment you on that is, you know, I've had parents, grandparents pass at 92, 93, 94, 95, and they didn't, no one needed that money. So right. had they died at 50, people would have needed that money. Their kids, the, the living spouse would have needed it. So you buy it for the people that need the income while you're alive, and then hopefully in retirement, you've saved enough, Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, again, you get, if you are a really high, high income earner and you've maxed out all your, you know, stocks that you want to buy and everything else, there's a couple of policies that work for really high income earners. But the only time you go, the only, here's a couple of times where you go into retirement with permanent life insurance. Life insurance is supposed to be there until you're 100 years old plus. Um, number one, if you have a pension plan that will go away or greatly be reduced, when you pass away, your spouse still needs income, so you need to protect that with life insurance. Term insurance does not work there. Okay. So uh, pension plans from you know corporations like Lockheed Martin, we've done this before. GE, we've done this before, where we have to go in, do the numbers, calculate what the insurance amount is, and then bring an insurance agent in. Another one is if you have a very large estate and you need liquidity. Let's say you're a business owner, and if you pass away, your estate's over, you know, five and a half million or or eleven million if you're married, and you need liquidity to pay the estate taxes so your business can continue to run. That's another reason why you want to do it. And the kind of the third and final one I'll talk about is um, people that make use of charitable remainder trusts, where if you have really low cost basis stock. You need to take income from it to live in retirement, but you have huge tax problems and you want to benefit your charity when you die. You can gift the shares into a charitable remainder trust. You can immediately sell it without any current capital gains taxes. You can create income for life. Use some of that income to, to buy life insurance to replace that about for your heirs. And that's a, that's one of the most fun estate planning techniques that, that I do with people that have a charitable intent. They want to leave a legacy and they have a low cost basis stock like an Apple or Cisco or something else. Um, everybody wins except the government. The government gets cut out of estate taxes and income taxes. You win with income, your heirs win with tax-free life insurance, and the charity gets a big chunk of money after you pass away. Sounds great. That's CF Chad Burton. You can get more information. You can learn about him. Great downloadables at the website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
So, a lot going on right now, and now is a good time to have a plan if you haven't had one. As you see, the markets plummet. And again, I'm not making light of this in any way, shape, or form. China's data we knew was unreliable. We knew the disease was spreading. We knew that we hadn't hit max infections. We knew that we haven't gotten two weeks without saying the word growing infections. So we knew Apple's supply chain was going to get disrupted, and yet we kind of lived in the whistle by the graveyard. Let's see if this can just stay contained in China. Well, it didn't. This weekend, we learned that Italy quarantined towns in the Lombardy region around Milan due to spike in cases. We knew a little bit more about Iran, a little bit more about Iraq, a little bit more about South Korea. Um, Not a lot of headline news elsewhere, but that was pretty much so big enough headline news. So it's Houston we have a problem. Last week, we were able to, like, say, meh. Sanders won a big victory in uh, Nevada, carrying 40% of the vote, saying that he may be a formidable challenger to Trump to win an early primary with that much coverage. Um, He did well. Now, again, I'm not a political hack in any way, shape, or form. I know nothing. Um, But that's something Wall Street does try to figure out. Warren Buffett says, don't buy or sell stocks on the coronavirus fears. I love Warren Buffett. He calms me down when others are stressed. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Heavyweight boxing's back. I woke up Sunday morning. I was like, I was reading the newspaper, and one of the things that jumped out was, "Did you hear about the guy who licked the other guy?" You're like, "Oh no, what?" Yeah, one boxer licked another boxer. The amount of money from that match and the amount of money is pretty huge. Contractually, contractually guaranteed purses for Wilder and Fury were both about $5 million. But both men are actually guaranteed more than $25 million, plus a percentage of the pay-per-view, and the pay-per-view is huge. So it's really brutal to say this out loud, but who knew there was that much money in boxing? And I know you're saying, boxing, not, WWE, not MMA? Yeah, not MMA. It's expected the winner, a man named Tyson Fury from Saturday night, can go on to pull in $138 million in total prize money if he challenges Anthony Joshua in a unification fight. I know you're saying, isn't the stock market correcting right now? Are you trying to distract, distract us? Yes. Um, that's a lot of money. So I, I throw it down there in large part because I thought professional boxing was dying and I kind of thought the heavyweight division was a mess. There was that Floyd Mayweather period of excitement, but he wasn't really that hard of a puncher. So not, not that many people got knocked out. Trust me. If he were to punch me, I'm out. It's unclear if there's a unification thing going on or not, but the guy, Anthony Joshua reportedly made $85 million when he won back the world titles. He had lost Andy Ruiz um, so the pots are getting pretty big if you can be that kind of star. And here's the problem is, how many boxers are there in the world versus how many boxers that make a lot of money? 
How many actors are there in the world versus the actors that make a million dollars a film? You're talking teeny tiny, teeny tiny proportions of winners versus losers. So I've never been all that attracted to boxing or being a heavyweight champion. Just not my thing. Heavyweight boxers have a very low, uh, short lifespan. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Yes, the market is correcting, and I'm not ignoring it. Ten-year Treasury signaling full-on panic. The Fed will probably cut interest rates this year and or next, but the expectation is this year. 30-year mortgage rates are at lows that you should strongly consider if you're going to buy a house and be in it for the next 20 or 30 years. Here's the freaking worst part of that. Rob, you want me to buy a house for 20 or 30 years at the start of a recession or the start of a correction? That's typically when you get the best mortgage rates. And in the world of rock, scissors, paper, in the world of mortgage rates, uh, high home prices, low home prices, I'll always take the low mortgage rate. The fear gauge is spiking. Apple's dropping. Apple's beloved. And you're seeing what happens to beloved stocks when suddenly, wait, you do all your manufacturing in China almost? Big decline pushes stock averages below technical levels today. If you were one to be spooked, this would be a spooky day. As far as buying on the dip, look for companies like Micron, who does a lot of manufacturing in China, as does Apple. But Micron's not quite as beloved as Apple. When you see Micron start rebounding, that could be your, like, oh, I should put a little bit of money to work. Um, some stocks are winners from the coronavirus. For instance, Clorox. Their shares are up today because might as well Clorox it to death, right? <laughs> Zoom's up. They're a maker of video conferencing services. No need to get on a plane with those filthy flu people. Just get on a conference call. Why go to the mall? Why get on a uh, bus? I was trying to think of the word metro, but I keep I keep forgetting like. A BART train is different than the, from a metro train, which is different from the L train, which is different. Ah, live radio makes me angry. So Clorox higher. Zoom is higher. Gilead Sciences, which is working on a drug to treat the coronavirus, up. So there's some winners out there. Gold higher. The VIX higher. Dow down nearly 1,000 points. Now, let's keep this in mind. Biggest one-day drops in the past three years. This is going to be one of them. But we had a drop of almost 1,100 to almost 1,200 points back on February 5th, 2018. February 8th, 2018, we had another 1,000-point drop. So there's back-to-back days. Not back-to-back days, but close to -to back-to-back days. Tells you we can go down 2,000 easy, fast. Um, 2018 had a lot of volatility. There was down 660 points on March, February 2nd, down 1,175 points on February 5th, down 1,000 points on February 8th. So what did that end up being back in 2018 was the last major correction that was a massive buying opportunity for Wall Street. I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do. 
Warren Buffett says the coronavirus is not changing his outlook on stocks. He likes Apple and bank stocks. Business is down, but it's not but it's down from a very good level, he says. He thinks that stocks, bank stocks are attractive compared to other securities that he looks at. Um, tangible book value is a big thing. I'm not going to go into it on radio. But you could find companies that have really good value by looking for their book value. And by value, I mean maybe less downside, maybe a little bit more upside in a down market. Maybe not upside in a good market because that's when we speculate a little bit more and stretch our legs into stocks that are a little bit more than we should be taking on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Levi Strauss was initiated as a buy. First Solar was downgraded to underperform today. I'm not seeing anything in the stories. Um, Cowan downgraded Domino's Pizza to market perform. Most expensive thing on a pizza? White gold. Jeez. Gold jumps to a seven-year high. Woo! And I'm still not interested in it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy. These are good times. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Gold's moving higher. What else? Big pharmaceuticals, biotech. What's moving lower? Cruise lines. What else is moving lower? Big questions, big questions, right? Any sort of transport, any sort of hotel. And when you're a cruise line, you're a hotel that's transport. <laughs> you're transporting people around in a big old flu bu- uh, bucket. I feel bad for saying this, but it's still interesting to note that China's got it bad with coronavirus. And then a cruise ship outside of Japan's got it bad. Real bad. And then that's those are the two biggest areas. But it, it, geographically, it's spread to Iran, to Iraq, to South Korea, very likely to North Korea, to the United States. You name it, it's probably been there. Which is going to bring up a lot of legal questions about the country and the government of China and their disclosure issues. Not cool to let that get out of your country, in theory. I can see a lot of countries uh, just changing the way they do business. Here's a weird one on how Wall Street works with viruses and with, um, I would say, events. Anytime like oil goes to 150 or the Russians invade a country, you know, an event that has us talking, we're going to cancel IPOs. That just happens. Wall Street kind of needs a little bit of speculation and not fear. And when the VIX goes higher, there's fear. It's a volatility index, the VIX. Just think V for volatility, X, IX for index. So it's interesting that, like, let's say you're an IPO in the Bay Area. You're a young company and you're waiting for your payday. And you and your spouse have started spending money because you know it's coming. And then it doesn't come. And there's been $119 billion worth of deals so far this year. That's down 49% with the same period last year. Now, last year we had Uber, we had Lyft, we had a lot of sexy IPOs. But a lot of IPOs, initial public offerings, is a way to create wealth. 
It's a flawed way, in my opinion, but it's still a way. Drivers that led to a flourish of deals in November and December remain in place. You're seeing you know, Morgan Stanley going after E-Trade. You're seeing Franklin Templeton go after Leg Mason. You're seeing Francis Alstom buying the rail division of Canada's Bombardier for $6.7 billion in cash. Deals are getting done, but more speculation on takeovers and mergers than on initial public offerings. And again, I'm only bringing this up um, as a way of telling you that wealth does get postponed, and there's some real ramifications of this. And I know you're saying, oh, a poor person who owns like Airbnb. If the market goes down 20% this year, you'll probably not see Airbnb go public. I know you're saying, did you just use the word if? And aren't you the, the jerk face who says if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, so what a party would have? I am that same person. But there's sometimes some not unintended consequences. But when you see the IPO market dry up, it's because speculation's drying up because there's fear. Wall Street needs to sell fear just as much as it needs to sell greed. They make money both directions. That's one of the the conundrums that we have as a a society of investors. Do we want to be day traders? Do we want to be investors? Do we want to be a combination? There's no right answer. It's um, Warren Buffett said this morning, he's kind of like on a tour, media tour. He does it every year. He's not going to be long for this world because he's like 90-ish, right? But um, I love him because he he says things so well. And it's a great compliment when people say that I resonate with them. Or I resonate with their children. I had a guy who got a master's in finance. And he goes, my kids listen to you more so than they listen to me. I'm like, good. I hope I'm a better storyteller because that's the skill set that maybe I have. But Warren Buffett talked about he prefers Cocker Spaniels over Pit Bulls. Now, if you know one thing about Warren Buffett, you know he ain't talking about the actual animals. He talked a lot about CEOs and director compensation today and how it soared to a level that inevitably makes pay a subconscious factor affecting everything in society. A board of directors might meet four to six times a year. Not that often. And to see some of these guys work four to six times a year and get paid $300,000 for a board seat, it, it pisses people off. So if you think about someone like me who's a non-wealthy type, I have wealth. And you know, boards are not foreign to me. But I could sit on two or three boards and pull in $1.5 million a year. And that's a little bit too much. I've got a friend who's doing this now. She's an incredibly great female marketer. Like She used to work for marketing firms and spun off as a consultant. <clears throat> very, very good at what she does. And she's worked with some pretty good brands. But now she's playing the corporate board game and giving her opinion for $300,000 for six days of work. So now a board member can be totally worth it. And I think Warren Buffett's getting into that angle where he wants 
the the directors, the CEOs, the top management to be more like Cocker Spaniels than Pitbulls. And he used a funny line on it, and he kind of referred to it as like um, an animal shelter. Um, CEOs who don't look for pit bulls, it's the Cocker Spaniels that gets taken home. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Um, but corporate pays could be a big issue this year. It's not going away. I, I don't think it has to be the end-all, be-all, but it's a big issue this year in the elections. Stocks are selling off at the open as the coronavirus cases climb outside of China over the weekend. A couple provinces in China downgraded the threat to like a two, like go back to work, do your work. But there's in the back of your head, it's not as bad as it was, but there's still don't cough on people. Treasuries are doing unbelievable today. The 10 year treasury yield nears all time lows from 2016. Gold's rallying. I want to own gold if you put a gun to my head. It's not my thing. I'd own the dollar. I would own... I, I, I could find some safety. I could own some U.S. domestic stocks that don't have a large exposure to coronavirus. I could go after some value, or like Warren Buffett said today, the banks, some big banks have some pretty low valuations. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, I'll talk about Google, hopefully, in the last segment of the show, because I, I that's a company that's pretty interesting, and, and Microsoft still keeps like taking little shots at them. Just taking the a little chink in the armor here, a little chip in the armor there, a little crack in the glass here kind of thing. Uh, because Google's, well, I'm going to save it. Palo Alto Networks is expected to report earnings tonight. Um, what's interesting to note about Palo Alto Networks is somewhere last year, our government slipped in. Oh, and by the way, the Chinese army hacked uh, one of our businesses. And we didn't think too much of it. Maybe Trump was in the news. Maybe the trade deal was in the news. Maybe coronavirus was in the news. But the Chinese army hacking... We, sometimes that'd be a market story some years, but this year, not so much. And that's what Palo Alto Networks is in the business of doing, trying to help corporations. But I'll tell you what, security software, ah, super important. There's no doubt that we can talk about you know data breaches and corporate information and protecting it and corporate America and, and you know, business America and keeping the lights on and confidence in the world economies and, Oh, I get it. But I'll say this. Security software for me feels like it's never been all that sticky. There's never been the end-all, be-all. Like, if you need operating systems, you think Microsoft or Apple. You need phones, you think Apple or Google phones or Samsung phones. There's not a go-to company that lasts forever in security software, and maybe that's the nature of it. So that's an area where I'm a little bit more leery as an investor, I would refer to that area as more of a rental than owner. And again, every investor is different. You don't have to be me, and you don't have to agree with me or disagree with me. There's some tech stocks that if I feel, you know, hey, that's a good story, and, you know, it's pulled off its eye, I would buy with the intent of holding it between one day and 
730 days, 792 days. I don't know. When the trade's done, so to speak. For instance, I own a bank stock that I'm embarrassed by. It's a great company. It's a great franchise that, that got into some problems. I can't wait to dump that piece of poo. But I haven't been able to because it hasn't done what I wanted it to. I'm not holding on to it. I'll say this. I've held on to it to the point that that money is underperformed and I should have let it go. But again, what are your expectations? What are your time frames? Um, how do you play the game? You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Wells Fargo is going to pay $3 billion to settle fraudulent sales practices and the probes by the SEC into the company, as well as the Justice Department. The bank said it will continue to cooperate. Typically, that would be a good sign for the stock. And I'm telling you this because it's, it's just funky the way Wall Street works at times. You admit to ripping off people, you pay a big fine, and Wall Street goes, oh, okay, was that it? And you can take a look at a company like a Facebook and say, I get it. You know, they, they can make that back in a day or two. Wells Fargo, but banking is a different kind of brand. And it will be interesting to see how they bounce back and or don't. So that's a stock that um, has gone nowhere fast for a good period of time. And now that the demon's known how much they have to pay, we're like, oh, okay. Beyond Meat's in the news today. Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Beyond Meat is going to have a new competitor, a company called Cargill. Privately held. They're going to launch their own, they're going to launch their own plant-based patties in April. Cargill's a big company. And this is the fear that you would have as Beyond Meat and Impossible Food shareholder is that, okay, you introduced this novel new idea, plant-based proteins, into the mass public. Before that, it was like maybe this hippie in a surf shack in Southern California. who's like, hey, man, I got plant-based burgers. You want one? So Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods got kind of own that category, but now Cargill's coming in. And here's where Cargill's going to kill them. Price. And in the end, a company like, let's say, are there Bob's Big Boys anymore? Like, I don't even think so. What are there out there? There's that, that casual diner. Maybe like an Applebee's. And Applebee's will say, you know, we're, we know that young people want these plant-based proteins. But Beyond Meat's charging too much in Impossible Foods. They're, they're out. So we're going to go with our next alternative. They're cheaper. They're plant-based. We could say we're in the game. Maybe people won't notice. Tastes like cardboard, but that's okay. We'll put a lot of ketchup on it or a barbecue uh, plant-based burger, protein. Like, got it. So when competition comes in, it, it can create another variable of pricing. Pepsi's in the news. They agreed to acquire a Chinese snack maker, B and Cheery. From Chinese owner Hajigani Health Food for $705 million. Pepsi's seen opportunity in China. Aurora Cannabis is in the news today. 
Cowan downgraded the cannabis stocks to market perform due to increasingly cautious outlook for cannabis sales in Canada. And headwinds facing the industry are not fading as previously anticipated. Keurig Dr. Pepper in the news. It's interesting. Um, Keurig's the, the owner, the founder of Keurig, rather. He feels bad that he invented the product because of how much plastic's going to waste piles. It made him very, very rich, but he regrets it. Morgan Stanley upgraded Keurig Dr. Pepper ticker symbol KDP to equal weight following significant underperformance relative to Coca-Cola and Pepsi. company said the valuation now better reflects the company's growth and risk profile. So essentially they said the company stunk compared to their competition, and that has finally lowered them to the point that maybe now is the time to get into it. Other big stories in the news today, Norwegian Cruise Lines. They said it's unlikely to achieve prior full-year targets due to the impact of coronavirus. A lot of big stories out there. Are there not? 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Market at one point in time fell 1,000 points today. That's big. And I know that's got people stressed. 1,000 points. 2.8%. Now, when you put it like that, Rob, 2.8% is not, not that bad considering we were at all-time highs last week. Considering that we had a great nine-and-a-half-year run, we're stretching it into 10. Will 10 do it or not? Tough to say. White House is saying we need a billion dollars for the coronavirus response. That seems light. Stock market down big day. Trump's kicking off a two-day trip to India. Um, certainly not a bad idea to try to get as many trading partners as we can in the United States. Bernie Sanders wins Nevada. He's solidifying his front runner status. I can almost bring up this to you. Like maybe today isn't really about the coronavirus spheres. Maybe today it's about the Bernie Sanders spheres. I heard someone refer to Bernie Sanders this weekend as Karl Marx Jr., Oh, no. The name calling from Democrats has begun. So, and that's again what President Trump brought us is it's okay to call your political rivals names. Sticks and stones may break my bones, and words will only make me lose points in the polls, right? So, I think the big story today, and again, I got to repound on this again and again. I'm not stressed. Gold's moving higher. I'm okay with that. Crude oil's moving lower. That seems like a bit of an overreaction when crude oil is down 5% and stock market's down 2 to 3%. The volatility index is jumping. The 10-year treasury sits at 1.36. That is unbelievable. That tells you there is a lot of fear in the market. You know, in the horror movies when they said, they say things like, I'm not afraid. And then someone goes, be afraid. Be very afraid that 10-year treasury is a flash that's that's telling you that a lot of people are very afraid right now down almost seven percent today as far as yield goes that's no bueno if you're hiding there you're going to lose your money your purchasing power to inflation that's not good like warren buffett said people should be happy for a stock market sell-off it's a buying opportunity you believe that i'll let you figure that out 
You can always find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Get a podcast of the show. Get a lot of good downloadables. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com.